All right. So we are live. Let me see. I always try to figure something out on this thing. <laughs> All righty. There we go. Let's share. Okay. So, uh, hey, family. It's Angie. And I just first wanted to... Um, I wanted to apologize for um, I wanted to apologize for being late. Um, I had some things going on today. Um, my husband was having surgery and we kind of got delayed, but I did not want to not have tonight's show. So I decided that um, push it, just you know push it back a little bit. So hope that everybody would just come on and jump on in. Yes. So. Um, this is, and again, uh, Renee, she is still at home. She is healing. Um, continue to keep her and her family in prayer. Um, so we're not going to belabor the time anymore. Um, and tonight, like I am truly, I know you guys always say, she's always so excited. I told y'all because we always have the best guests. That's why. So, but tonight we are here and I am sharing the screen with um, this gentleman that um, a, he'll tell you more about himself, but what really stood out to me is that I did see um, a piece of his artwork and it just really hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, we have to have him on the show because I really want him to talk about it. And I'm sad that we don't have it. We are going to post it later. I mean, I'm glad I'm sad that we didn't have it to be able to show it to you beforehand. Um, but we will post it later um, on the page. But um, hey, Tamiko, thank you for tuning in. Um, so without further ado, we are going to. Um, hey, Dasha, hey, sis. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to um, introduce, and I'll let him tell you more about who he is. So, Mr. Anthony, you can just take it away. Tell us who you are. Sure, no problem. Uh, my name is Anthony McHale. I uh, grew up in Southeast Washington, D.C. Uh, grew up in the neighborhood, Willand Terrace. Uh, a lot of people know where that neighborhood is. Um, it's a little bit off yeah. Alabama Avenue, Southeast. Mm -hmm. um, went to Eastern Senior High School, graduated in 2001. Um, I went uh, to college in California. Uh, and then I transferred and went to a school in New Jersey called Essence College, where I graduated with an associate's in liberal arts. Um, played a little bit of semi-pro basketball. Um, still play here and there, uh, you know, at the age of 38. But now it's just kind of like getting my daughter, uh, you know, her feet wet with basketball, basically trying to pass it down to her. Uh, right now, I am a black a uh, business owner, a uh, small business owner. I own a t-shirt company called, well, clothing line called Enough Gear. I've actually owned it since 1998, which was my wow. uh, junior year in high school. Uh, wow. now, I paid my class dues back in high school. My senior dude <laughs> for, for classmates and stuff. Um, and I actually did design a, a, um, a, a, a prom dress for one of my classmates. Wow. Okay. Okay. Design. I didn't make it, I didn't make it but I designed it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no problem. Uh, right now, I'm I'm married to one of my high school sweethearts. Uh, her name is Varshe. Hey, Varshe. Uh, we we've been married for about five years, dated for about seven. Um, okay. Right now, uh, work for DC government. Uh, love my job. Uh, and basically, to talk about the artwork that I do, um, I do graphic works. I'm actually starting to get into um, what I will call digital painting. Uh, mm -hmm. where I would take a image of a person's face and kind of digitize it to where it looks like a painting. Mm -hmm. um, I've been dabbling into that lately. Um, wow. I also customize tennis shoes. Um, so do that also. Uh, okay. that for the last year or so. Um, getting pretty good at it. Getting pretty good at it. I've had a couple of shoes. I can actually show you a design of a shoe I did. Um, let me get uh, one pair that I love. I actually call these my Nike suicides. Um, the okay. way they are actually. Oh, wow. See them. They are different colors. Yeah. Um, I love designing shoes. Uh, that's kind of one of my biggest things. And like I said, back to the artwork, I do I do, do illustration. Um, but the piece that I made that has been getting a lot of attention Um it's a Black Lives Matter piece. Um, basically, it's a gentleman who's standing there. He's a black guy he's standing there. He has blindfold on. He has tape over his mouth. And there's two uh, guns pointed at him. And if you look closely in the picture, which you said you will post later on, and I will mm -hmm. also post later on on my page, you see a white hand holding the gun on one side, and then you see a black hand holding the gun on the other side. I've actually did this piece years back when uh, Eric Gardner was murdered by police officers. I did that piece back then because a friend asked me to do him a piece because he wanted something to show um, during a little art uh, exhibit he had. And he asked me to explain why I did the piece. And my explanation of it is that I think black people in America, I'm not just going to say just D.C. only, but America, especially young we have to look both ways when we come outside and it's not only just we have to look to the left where there's a different race i'm not just going to say white um, right. different race or police officer whoever we also got to look you know what I'm saying on the opposite side because we got our own people with our own skin that's killing us too right and, you know some of it does get publicized but not not a lot and right. you know i i thought I didn't think it was going to be that powerful of a piece until mm. everybody started seeing it was commenting on it. it was like, man, you mm. right. Like, it, it's crazy. And me having uh, a teenage daughter and a preteen uh, stepson, I fear for them more than my own life because, you know, they are the ones who, you know, are out there at the mall. They want to go to high school basketball games, stuff like that. You know, my daughter wants to go places with her friends. And every time me and my wife let her out, we are feared. Like, we're scared. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we're always telling her, hey, call us when you get to a certain place. Call us when you get here. And sometimes she doesn't, you know, understand it. And we have to sit mm -hmm. down and explain to her. And, like, you know, I don't want to show her all of the graphic stuff that's going on, like with the violence and stuff like that. I don't want her to get scared. I want her to live her right. life, but I also don't want her to be cautious about what's going on. And right. she has, you know, me and my wife sat her down and I showed her that piece and I just told her, I said, and she was just like, oh, you know, it's most people don't think it's real until it actually 
hits them. And I, and I tell them, I say, hey, I've actually been through that. And I've wow. told them, when I was um, 14 years old, I was outside playing football in my neighborhood. And the police was chasing somebody around through the neighborhood. And we we're outside playing football. And literally, I was running to catch the ball and caught a touchdown. And I looked up and had like six guns drawn on me. Wow. And I'm like, wow. They like get down. They had me face down in the dirt. One guy had his knee on my back. They had me in handcuffs. If it wasn't for one of my friends running to go get my mom, I would have been locked up. Because they was wow. like, was running away from us. But I'm standing there with a football in my hand. Like, how am I running away from y'all with a football in my hand? Right. And to look on the other side, you know, I had just walked away from a friend. Uh, just, you know, having a conversation with him and a guy pulled a gun out on both of us just for no reason because we were just standing there, you know, on the corner. And I'm like, at the age of 14, 15, yeah, I understood, but then I didn't understand. I'm like, why are you putting the gun on us? I don't know you. You don't know me. Yeah. I don't have no beef with you. You don't have no beef with me. My friend didn't have beef with you. You know, why'd you pull a gun out on us? And luckily the gun jammed Wow. And we both took off running in opposite directions. And, you know, I didn't really tell anybody too much about it, you know, because, you know, I didn't want anyone to be, you know, looking for nobody violence to happen. But it's just, you know, it goes back to that picture. It's like, we're the same complexion. What did I do for you to pull a gun on me? Or what did this guy do to you for you to shoot him? Right. And me and my wife, we sit down a lot and we always talk. And it's funny because I always resort back to the movie Friday. Mm -hmm. Craig Father walked in on him when he had the gun and the conversation that he had with him. Yeah. A lot of these kids out here are sissified. Right. Quick to pick up a gun. You know, I've seen arguments to where I've walked away, like I've watched the argument, and I'm like, all right, man, I'm about to leave, man. They like, oh man, why you about to leave? That that argument just don't seem right, you know. Right. I'm getting to a fight, but I know something else is gonna happen after it, and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to be out here because bullets don't have names on them. Right. You know, a lot of these guys out here don't know what they're doing with these guns. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and it's it's crazy that you got to resolve your issue with a gun. It's it's ridiculous, right? You know? It and really is ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. And you know, my family was as a result of gun violence because my older brother was murdered on my back porch over just an argument. Wow. No fist fights. Wasn't nothing. Just an argument. And I've lost a lot of friends to mm-hmm. gun violence. And it's sad um, that our racist blacks got it got to resolve our issues with guns. I wouldn't even mind guys going out there and just fist fight, just get in the middle of the street. Right, right. That's cool. At least that guy gets to wake up the next day, and you get to wake up the next day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's it's scary. Like. You know what I'm saying? And most people are like, oh man, you're a punk. Yeah, I'm scared to die. Like, right. you know, you, it ain't time. It's not your time right. yet. The Lord has proven that because uh the, the gun jammed, and then he's giving you wisdom to know when to walk away. Right. It's not your time to die yet. So yeah. yeah. 
So I'm yeah. like, you know, and and me, you know, I I I I'm not gonna say I attend church every Sunday, but I right. go on majority of Sundays and we do the virtual church and our bishop checks up on us a lot because he uh he did our wedding especially when we and my, me and my wife so he always checks up on us and stuff like that and see how everything's going and i've told him i said you know just i me and him can relate because the the neighborhoods we came from you know i'm from woodland and then he's from trinidad northeast so he's wow. the exact same thing and when i tell him he's like man i know what you're going through or i know what yeah. you've been through because i've been through that you know mm -hmm. uh Luckily, I've never been to jail. I've never did anything to put myself in that predicament. But it's it's like, how can you live your life when you keep looking over your shoulder? Right. It's like, well, actually, both shoulders, because it's like, it's like you're right. this way, and it's like, oh, uh, old John John over here, and he's looking this way, and there's the old officer Billy Bob over here. So it's right. like, how can you? And me, like I said, I don't fear for me as much. I fear for my kids. Right. It seems as though the victims are getting younger and younger and mm -hmm. younger and younger. Younger. And I'm like, yeah. And it's crazy because like the last couple of young kids who were murdered, I either knew their parents or I knew them. Wow. Uh, like a friend of mine's. Um, his daughter, who was killed a couple of years, well, two years ago, my, my friend Michael Wilson, his friend, his daughter was killed a couple of years ago. They had the big thing with Michaela. She was killed a couple of years ago by a stray bullet out there playing on the playground. And and she was murdered. And yeah. uh, the young kid who was just killed, um, who was just murdered on um, 4th of July, I know his mom. And I'm sitting here like, wow. And wow. a friend of mine's... Um, uh, named Kim, her son was murdered a few years back. He was shot 17 times. 15 wow. times. And I'm like, it was blowing my mind because when I heard that, even though he's a boy, when I heard it, the first thing I thought of was my daughter. I'm like, man, me and my wife hugged her and she didn't even know why. We were just like, look, we just hugging you just because. Right, right. And she was just like, and even she had a moment where she was fearing because people around her, her age, her age, even getting killed or you know missing and stuff like. So we had to talk to her and everything. And it shouldn't be like that. We we shouldn't have to talk to our kids about like other kids dying. Right. Right. You know yeah, it, is, it is a sad situation. And I mean, it is very important that as parents, as aunties, uncles, godparents, anything like that, that we are um, instilling wisdom in them. Um, my my kids always were like, you know, you in my business, you just want to know where I'm at. <laughs> no, I just want to know that you're safe. safe. You so many different things go on. And I mean, I can when i was a teenager you know yeah things were going on but nothing like it is now you know right. and it's just it's it's crazy how it is so we do have to make sure that as adults as parents that we're doing our due diligence and we are instilling wisdom in our, in our children and you know teaching them to be cautious we, of course yes we don't want them to live in fear we do not want them to live in fear um, and it said that, you know, that we even have to, like you said, that we even have to have those conversations. 
mm-hmm. and these babies, and we have to learn to protect our babies, you know. And yeah. then we're living in this this thing, this this world of stitch, snitches get stitches. You can't snitch. I'm sorry if you yeah. you do something to a little baby. I'm telling. So you can put that on record, okay? I don't care who knows it, who does it, who tells it, whatever. Come for me if you want to. But we have to protect our children. And it's not going to stop until we make it stop. You know, and when I say that, yes, and everybody has their different parts and what it is that they that they need to do. Whether it's like, you know, we have to start talking to our our children younger now. You know, I mean, now it's like all bets are off. There's nothing that is hidden from them. Like kids are being more sexually active at a much younger age. Um, They're exposed to so much. So it is our job that we have to, as a community, it's, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid. Because what you tell your daughter, she may not listen to you, but I can come and say the exact thing and she'll hear it from me, you know, and vice versa. So that's why it's so important that, you know, we do have to still live in that mentality of it takes a village to raise a kid. And I think that some of that was lost because the parents started getting younger. Then yeah. there was so much thing of those my kids, you can't say nothing. Okay, well, mm-hmm. guess what? And I used to always tell my friends, don't bring your kids over here if I can't treat them like I treat mine. So my wife know, says the same no. thing. Yeah. Same mine, thing. Don't bring them over here because I'm going to treat yours the same way that I treat mine. And so, uh, yeah. One thing I used to tell, I, I tell my daughter now is that I told, I said, in my neighborhood when I was growing up, mm-hmm. like if you got in trouble before you got to your mother, you at least got about three pops. <laughs> Before you got to your mother house, yes. your mom's neighbor probably didn't beat you. Yeah, uh, I've gotten in trouble one time where, um, because in my neighborhood next to me was my aunt Felicia, across from my mom was my godmother. I got in trouble, and my godmother is not the violent type, but she right. popped me one time, and then right. when I got to my aunt, my aunt popped me. And then I got yeah. to my mother. I'm already sore, and I'm like, "Oh man, I, <laughs> right, I might as well just take this butt whooping and just get it over with." That's right. But one thing I was also like, and I was telling a friend of mine is, you know, he was just like, "Man, I don't understand these kids nowadays." I said, "There's a difference with this generation," and I said, mm-hmm. "I substitute the word influence with uh, 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 what did I, what did I say?" what I, I said influence i said glorified and he was mm-hmm. like explain it i said when we were growing up we had the same type of music they're listening to i was had more mm-hmm. lyrics than what they got now because a lot of this yeah stuff, i don't know what they be talking about. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't understand none of it but i understand <laughs> the beat and the vert and the, the chorus the first part i'm like oh okay cool that's tight but when they start rapping i'm like i don't understand nothing right but i was telling my daughter i said I grew up on NWA, Biggie Smalls, Tupac, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, MC Hammer, uh, uh, Will Smith. When I said that, she's like the actor. I said, yes, Will Smith used to rap. Yeah. I said, Vanilla Ice. Like, I grew up on all these people. You know, I still listen to them today. I, you know, I listen to the R&B group guy, uh, 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 Full Force from uh, House Party. I listen to all of them. Mm. And I told him, I said, yeah. 
I was influenced by them, but I didn't want to do that. Right. Is now when you say influence, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I might do it. They're glorified by it. And I'm yes. like, oh, it on TV, they're like, ooh, I want to do that. Or I mm-hmm. want to be him. Or I want to be able to. And that, and then it also piggybacks on these parents are, are young. Like I've seen mm-hmm. parents out here, they're like uh, 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 30 and their child like 16. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like you're 30 and your child is in high school like right. wow like you like you look like you're about five years older than your daughter but right. you know and they they never learn how to be parents mm-hmm. they, they weren't grown they, themselves when they had the child so right they didn't know how to talk to them it was like oh mama at the club while grandmama watching the baby so it was like right. when they get up and they want to go to the club and they oh no nah, you can't go how can you stop them? You was doing the same thing. But well, what I tell you, parents who club who party with their children. But anyway, go I ahead. That too. But <laughs> what I do with my daughter, I, I well, me and my wife, we sit down and we we talk to her a lot. We we don't just basically talk like at her. We talk to her. Right. You know, a, lot of, a lot of these parents talk at their children especially when they're young themselves and their children like in the teenage so they child was like man I ain't trying to heal that like i was i was walking down the street one day and her little girl talking to her mother you can't tell me what to do uh, this i'm wrong i'm looking at this little girl like you're about right you're older than my daughter i said if it wasn't for that lady you wouldn't be here whether how old she is or not you wouldn't even be here right tell me what to do I told my daughter, I said, if you ever tell me or your mother that we can't tell you what to do, your bags will be on the front porch. Right. So I said, that's what my mama used to tell us. And I said, she raised four boys and one girl. And the girl wow. was the oldest. I said, she told all four boys, when you tell me you that I can't tell you what to do, when you right. come home, your bags will be on the front porch. And right. I didn't believe her until it actually happened. No, no. <laughs> like, that, oh, she meant that. <laughs> yeah, I, like, oh, I apologize, mom. Can I come back in the house? Yeah. I'm like, but yeah, and it's like a lot of these parents are not parents, you know, to these kids. And yeah. my whole thing is if and I and I and I, I have some little some 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 youngins that I used to mentor who is living the wrong side of the life. And I told him, I said, okay, you living that life. You ain't in school. Understand. You got you got to get it how you live, whatever. I said, but here's the thing. Build. Don't destroy. And he was like, what you mean by that? I said, if you're going to go out here and get this money, don't be getting this money for six and seven years and you still living with your mama. Right. You know, I said when I grew up and I knew the little hustlers and whatever, they didn't live with their mother. They had their own little spot. They made yeah. a skeleton around the neighborhood. They had their own spot. And then after a while, it got bored to them and they stopped. And they, I, I know some of them they got government jobs. Right. I'm looking at y'all like y'all been doing this for eight years. Y'all flashing all this money and all this. Got all these designer clothes on. But when you lay your head down, where you lay your head down at? In your mouth. Yeah. Or at your yeah. mama house. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you're literally not doing anything. You're Nothing at all. Circle. Yeah. You know? 
And one of the one of the little youngers was like, "Oh man, you living the bored life." I said, "How am I bored?" Oh man, you 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 man, you ain't doing nothing with your life. You don't be buying. I said, "I make my own clothes. That's one." Right. So I don't go out to the stores and buy three hundred dollars shoes and all. I make my own stuff. So right. I said, "I save way more money than you." Right. I said, "Me and my wife own a house. We're not renting from nobody. We're not." Uh 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 we 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 if if the guy comes in and say hey look I don't want y'all section eight people in my house more y'all gotta get out I don't have that my house my name is on the lease of this house I stay in right my daughter gets she gets straight A's she gets whatever she wants my stepson same thing he gets whatever he wants straight A's I, I told both of them I have no problem with buying y'all anything if y'all stay on a straight path. Right. You know? And they, yeah, they'll, they'll give a little bite back. Well, I remember when you used to, I said, here's the key thing. I said, we, even though we, me and your mama, when we were little, yeah, we used to go sneak around the corner and hang out a little too late, this, that, and the third. But I said, here was one thing. I said, when that street light came on, <laughs> we was on the porch like this. Right. Your mother say, "Oh yeah, you can stay out a little bit longer. You street light on. You can stay on the front. Cool." I said, and then I said, "We had a little bit more structure because we didn't have cell phones back then." Right. You know, we didn't have social media. We mm-hmm. the only time we seen stuff that we so called glorified was on TV. Like we would watch it. We watch the box or or Yo MTV Raps or uh, let me see, One Hundred Six in Park. Nowadays, y'all can flip your phone open. It's TikTok. It's this, that, and the third. All this stuff. You know, a rapper get on there, and they got all these guns laying around and all this money, and you liking, liking, liking. Why are you liking it? Well, I asked a young on the train. I said, why are you liking this picture? Oh, man, that's tight. What's tight about it? Please explain. I was, I was, I put my arm on my elbow and all that. Like, please tell me (laughs) about this picture. Oh, he got all his money laying around. I said, let me show you something. I went on my phone and I Googled fake money. Bam. Looked at it. I said, you know, every time you see all these youngers out here, they got stacks of money all over here, holding money like a cell phone and all this. So, you know, that's fake money. I said, he bought all that money for probably like $50. Wow. And he was like, for real? I said, yes. I said, them shoes he got on, probably got them off the avenue. They're fake. I said, <laughs> They're fake. I said, I can't believe. I said, y'all are glorified by all this stuff. And dang, man, they were shooting up the neighborhood. Dang, that's tight. How is that tight? Like, yeah, that's not tight. People, they got it really misconstrued, you know, what is, I I think, you know, I say often, like, there's no boundaries and there's no, you know, no sense of respect, you know, and it's, I think things were lost, especially like when they started talking about how, you know, now the kids can call the police on their parents if they beat mm-hmm. them, not supposed to be doing this. And so many, um, just things are just backwards. It's just, yes. you know, they, they've been perverted. You know, when I say perverted, it's just like, there's no, no family structure. There's no boundaries anywhere. 
And it's just, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, everybody is oversensitized with, you know, so many things that are going on. They want it now, they want it now. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing that's hidden anymore. And yeah, once upon yeah. a time, yes, even they always say, oh, if you listen to those old songs, they were they were really nasty. Yeah, but they didn't come out and they weren't doing, you know, some of the, the songs, some of them, yes, they were explicit. But for mm -hmm. the most part, if you're listening to something on the radio, you're not going to hear a whole bunch of bleep, 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 bleeps. Oh, it was the radio. They had some, um, what is it, subliminal messages that were in there, but you had to be, you know, a certain age or, you know, to be able to really understand what it is that they're saying. Now it's just like, all bets are off. I'm just blah. It's just out there. We just vomit up everything. Daryl <laughs> is crazy. He is on here. So he said, um, what did he say? He said the street lights was the time clock. <laughs> Basically, it was. It was. And I, I and I tell my daughter, I said, you know, I didn't grow up with a strong male role model in my life. My mm -hmm. mom was my dad. You know, my mom yeah. was the dad to all of us. And I told her, I said, um, the one thing she was like, well, you know, how, how did you grow up so structured? without you know a dad in your life i said one thing my mom did and i said she is probably the strongest her and my godmother are two of the strongest females i've ever seen in my life and they're right. still my mom is just turned 70 this year she's and she don't even look 70. She's wow living the same house 44 years well 42 years basically this uh this year is 42 years she's been living in that same house Right, is her. They like, oh, we love Miss Gwen. This, that, and third. Well, back then, now a lot of these youngins in the neighborhood don't really know my mom too much. So it's like I got to go around and sometimes check on her. I got to call her sometimes. Hey, mom, mm -hmm. if you want to get away, come over here. It's no problem. But I told my daughter, and I was telling uh, one of the little boys I used to mentor. I said, my mom was my dad. I don't care mm -hmm. what nobody says. Everybody say, oh, well, you got a dad. Yeah. His name is Gwendolyn. My brothers, because <laughs> I'm the youngest of, out of five kids, I'm the youngest, you know, and yeah. I had my brothers to keep me in line. But sometimes, you know, when your brothers talk, man, my father, yeah. my faith. When my mother said it, we all straighten up. And we're all bigger than my mother, and it doesn't matter. She still puts fear in our heart. Yeah. My mom... Like I said, my mom is the strongest person I've like ever seen, you know, and yeah. I give all praises to her, you know, yeah. everything she's went through. She's had to bury two of her kids, you know, yeah. brother had passed away from uh, uh, gun violence. And then my sister had passed away uh, five years ago from a massive stroke. And oh, wow. Yeah, she had two master strokes and she had passed away. My sister was the glue to my family. Like, yeah. you know, we, after we got a little older, you know, we were like, oh, my God, my face with all that. She was like, I'm about to call your sister. Oh, man, I ain't messing with Julia. <laughs> I was, it was one time, I mean, I'm not even going to lie. My mom had got into it with my brother and uh, he was like, man, I don't care. Da -da -da. You heard my sister on the phone. You better stop talking to your mother. Like, my brother, shut up. Like, wow. But we didn't play. When it came to my sister, we did not play. Even down to my little nieces and nephews. When it came to my sister, didn't play. And she didn't have any kids, but 
all my nieces and nephews like was like her kids. She gets right. for them, you know. And like I said, my sister was another strong person that was in yeah. my life. And a lot of people like, oh, but you still don't got a strong male in your life. It didn't matter. I still had structure. My mom made sure I went to school. My mom right. made sure we had food in the house. My mom made sure we had clothes on our back. Didn't matter. She made sure, you know, whatever right. we were going through, she made sure. And, you know, I talked to a lot of kids. I'm like, y'all got your mom and your dad. Or you got your mom who's trying, but you like disrespecting her. I said, I disrespected my mom one time. She didn't beat me. I was old. I disrespected her. But then I sat and looked at it and I was like, you know what? If it wasn't for this lady, I wouldn't be here. Right. I said, Ma, I am so sorry. She was like, it's okay. I said, no, Ma. It's not okay. Yeah. Gave up on us. You know, it's been plenty of times you could have just was like, look, four boys in this house. I can't do it. Y'all got to go. Or this, She didn't, you know. Right. And it made me want to better myself. You know, of course, I use sports to, you know, prolong like going to college and stuff like that. And I tell my daughter that, too. I say and I tell, you know, my son-in-law that, too. I, uh, my stepson that, too. I say, you know use something that you have whatever you can do to further yourself in life like my daughter she's into architect and she's she's going she's in the ninth grade she's going to coolest next year and she's in a program where um she can get her high school diploma and an associate's degree at the same time wow that's great yeah me and my wife was like do it like do yeah. it here, do it. She's like, Well, you think it's gonna be? do it? I don't care if you need help. You know, I'm a math whiz, I'll help you. You know, my right. wife, I just helped her uh through college. She just graduated last year. Okay, I would say that was one of the most proudest moments I've ever had to watch my wife walk across a college stage. And I'm like, Yeah, I have my degree, but I've never walked across the stage, and I'm sitting yeah. there like, Dang, she beat me. Yes, I said I was cheesing like oh man, I was, I was about to start break dancing, like man, that's my wife walking across the stage. Talking about? You know, man. Yeah. People was like, Oh man, she graduated from college. I said, Yes, she graduated from college. Like somebody commented, like, oh, well, she got her GD. No, my wife graduated from college. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Like, and we we I had her back no matter what. When she was sitting up late nights doing her work, and then I was telling my daughter, I said, "You see how much your mom grinds to get that degree, even though it took her this long. It doesn't matter. She's still right. got it. You know, I know some people that are still in college and they're in their fifties. You know, and because they right. wanted to it themselves. Yeah, it was a. I think it was a lady that was in her class. I was in her fifties. But she wanted to better herself. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, you think like, oh, man, you're in your 50s. What, what else you want to do? But she wanted to better herself. And I, and yeah. I it's never too late for education. Because yeah. education, education is something that nobody can ever take from you. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you learn it, whether you learn it in a school, uh, schoolhouse, in the college, and, you know, wherever you learn it out of a book or you learn it in life. When you need to make sure that you're learning that stuff and that you're educating yourself, we need to read more. 
You know, we need to read, dig into the books, dive into the books and read more. And then really get to learn other things than just what other people are saying, you know, because that is their opinion. You know, that's the way that they see it because we all have different perspectives of things. Mm -hmm. You and I, we can read the exact same thing. We can see the exact same thing. And we have a different perspective perspective of it. It was one of my... It, it's um I saw this picture one time and what it is is that it was two guys right and they're both in a jail cell mm-hmm. and they are um, and you may have saw it was on I saw it on social media but they were there and they were painting a picture one of them painted the picture and he painted the bars right because he was look they were looking out a window and outside of the window it was this these nice pretty uh, grass and flowers and things of that nature. One guy, he painted the bars. The other guy, he painted what he saw beyond the the bars. bars. So it's like you have to, it's so everybody sees things different. You know, we have to challenge ourselves to see past the the bars, the the jail cell that, you know, life is trying to hold us in. Right. And it's, it's it's for us to encourage others to do that. You know, so you can't see just right what what you're currently in. We have to see past our circumstances. And I am very, very proud of your wife for going on and going through college and getting that degree. It makes a difference um, with yourself, you know, and how you really feel about yourself. And uh, as well-seasoned people, <laughs> well-seasoned, you know, people, we have to know that it's never too late to to go forward and do something for ourselves. So mm-hmm. you go, you you go, wife, and you keep going, girl. I was telling her, I said, man, because she is was a lot of times she wanted to give up. Like she was just like, yeah. I can't do it. I gotta work. I was like, man, I got your back. Like I don't right. care. Like I got your back. Like if you want to further yourself, even now she's contemplating and getting her bachelor's. I said, man, look. Work out your work schedule. Right. Else is nothing. I said, man, I'm not 28 years old because I don't need to run the streets and all that. Right. I got two kids. I'm good. I said, if I need to get myself away, I go in my lab and draw on the t-shirt or draw on a pair of shoes. And I said, most of the time I stay up with her at night to help her with her homework or whatever. Right. I used to sit, like we used to sit in the basement. She used to sit and do her homework a lot. And I used to just stare at her. Like she'd think I'm watching TV. I'm just staring at her. Cause like I'm like, dang, she's really grinding, like right. Her degree, and I told my daughter, I said, man, look, you you see what your mom did, you know. I right. said, and it was kind of piggyback on what you said with the picture. Use what you got to get beyond where you at. That's you know? right. And when I was growing up, I used basketball to the fullest. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never been to California. You know. A lot of my friends when I was growing up, uh, coming out of uh, high school, a lot of them was going to the same school. You know, they was going to HBCUs. I didn't have an issue with them. I just wanted to see different. Right. Wanted to be able to see different. You know, Mm -hmm. where if I'm working around a bunch of you know people that are different from me, I'm able to adapt. And my wife says that a lot. She was like, "It doesn't matter where you go at, you adapt to every atmosphere." I said, because I'm used to it, you know. Yeah. When yeah. I was going to high school, I didn't see a lot of white people. The only time I see white people is if I go downtown or something like that. You right. know, when I went out of California to school, that's all I seen. 
And I'm mm-hmm. like, it was a it was a culture it's shock. A culture you know? shock. Right. It was a culture shock. I went out there, you know, I had on hoodies and sweatpants and I had a jacket. And it was like middle of December, and it's like 80 degrees out there. I'm calling home, I'm like, mom, man, what's the weather out there? She cussing me out. It's snowing, it's a blizzard. <laughs> Damn, I'm like, what you got on? I said, Mom, I got on a pair of basketball shoes, some tank, a tank top, some flip-flops, click, and I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> don't be calling yeah. about the weather but and i told my daughter i said don't you know just don't look at at outside of dc as foreign you know what i'm saying it's not right. if if you want to go because she was talking about she want to go to school in seattle washington go yeah. i don't care right hey, vacation for me and my wife to come visit you i don't right. care no i said we will fly out there with you and fly back make sure you're good and all I don't care if you want to go to school in San Diego. I don't care. I said, yeah. as long as you explore, you know what I'm saying, beyond the walls of DC. Well, the DMV is where I put it. Right. And I tell a lot of these young kids, well, these young as out here that's on the street and everything. I asked them, I said, have you been outside of the DMV? Oh, I ain't really. I mean, I've been out of North Carolina. Like if you go to North Carolina down to these HBCU schools, it's like you see a lot of DC people. Right. I said, have you been to or been to Florida? I'm like, "Uh, yeah. Have you been to Cali? No, I ain't been. Have you been to Texas? No. Have you been to Wyoming? What's in Wyoming? I'm just asking, have you been there? (laughs) I you know, I I took a trip one time to Arizona, and I'm like, most people was like, Man, what's in Arizona? Nothing, but yeah. I just went out there, you know. I went to the mall. I, I did the things that I normally do. Yeah. In the mall, shoes. Went to the, you know, what I'm saying, got clothes. So I'm like, yeah, I just, I, yeah. I, I made it the best. You know, I went to school. A lot, of, and a lot of people don't even know where this school is at. I went to school. It's called Porterville, California. Mm. In the middle of nowhere. It's. Yeah. I'm talking about. It's surrounded by all farmland, and at night. You get this like breeze, and all you smell is manure at night. Yes. And it was a shock for me. I'm like, man, I'm an inner city dude. What am I doing all the way out here? You know, man. But I made the best of it. Everything that was outside of that, I I blocked it out. It was like school and basketball, school and basketball. Basketball was over, school, school, school. When, when, When May came, when finals were in, I left. I was like, all right, okay, cool. Let me go to another school. I went to school in Jersey. Loved it up there because it it reminded me of D.C., but it was different. Right. Went there, got my degree, left. I felt good. I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm coming back to D.C., but, you know, I felt, then I tried out for some traveling teams. I I kept using basketball. I just kept using it. Like, I'm going to use basketball until basketball be like, man, look, can you stop using me? (laughs) but you have to use what you have yeah but that's the problem is that we don't utilize what we have and i think Mm -hmm. not that i think but i know that it's because we've been so you know and sometimes we do it to ourselves but we've been so depressed and told oh you're never going to be anything you can't do that Mm -hmm. and if we want to you utilize our talent then it's like, you know, and especially like with females, we're told, oh, you showing off, you doing the most, you doing too much. 
And but so it's like people are like, I'm 100, but you're really not. Because when you want, when you want to be genuinely who you are, then you ridicule for that. You know, if it's something outside of what everybody else is doing, you know, you're ridicule, ridicule for that. So it's like we're all supposed to be just the exact same. And we're not. You know, we need to, we need to encourage our our youngins to, to explore and to go and do other things. I mean, it makes me so sad when I hear that people have never been out of the DMV. We're like this big. Wait, where's the camera? We're this big, <laughs> right? We need to go and explore. So yes, you do need to want to go to other states and you know just learn about other cultures, learn about different foods. Just there's so much that's out there for us, and we don't utilize it, you know. And then we want to say, "Oh, we I don't never had nothing. I ain't got nothing." Because you gotta go get it, shorty. Yeah. Go get it. And it's not gonna come to you. I, I could tell you right now, I know I could probably count on all my hands, well, all my fingers and all my toes, <laughs> how many of these youngins that are sitting here that were awesome football players, awesome right. football players that were smart. I know this one kid, he's actually serving time right now, and I used to mentor him. He was one of the top scorers in D.C. basketball a few uh, years back. He mm. was a heck of a wide receiver, but he let his friends uh, influence him and have him to be scared of success. You know, you his friends, yeah, it was like his friends was like, dude, it was almost like his friends was like, man, if you go to college, you're a sucker. Well, because memory loves company. Right, and I can't learn that. I'm getting close. Misery, love, <laughs> and I kept telling him that. I'm like, dude, like, even he was, I think he was like maybe two years removed after he graduated from college. He turned down a scholarship to go to, I think it was West Virginia. No, it was the Fairmont State, which this was around the time when Fairmont State was allowing anybody that had a DC diploma just come to school for your freshman year for free i'm yeah. like dude, take that opportunity oh man they yeah. me i said it's this thing called walk on they have yeah. tryouts for kids who want to walk on to the basketball team or walk on to the football team i said do you know how many of these white kids out here that's walking on these colleges and then after two years they get a scholarship and right. you're like man i'm way better than him but he got a scholarship. You want to know why? Because he grind to get to that part. Right. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you know, I told him, I said, man, you got to find somebody that you can latch on to positive. And I don't care if you riding a coattail. So what? I rode my brother's coattail. My brother played ball at San Diego State, uh, was on ESPN, all this stuff. He got drafted to the NDBL, which is the development league for the NBA and all that stuff. Went overseas. I rode his coattail. Right. I, I high school, even in junior high school, I was little Mike McKay. I was little Mike McKay. I don't care. So what? It's going to get me right. back. And right. I rode it until I can make a name for myself. When I made a name for myself, I rode that. After a while, when, when the Kool-Aid dried up, I was like, all right, okay, cool. Let me go. <laughs> when you say it's done, right. Like, let me find yeah. something to do. And I told my no, I was saying we have to we have to encourage 
our young people and even us seasoned people to utilize what it is that you have because I always look at it like this. The hustler that's out on the street, the smart hustler that's out on the street, that right there, that's an entrepreneur. He can go out there, he has, and there's so much that goes into, and these, and I'm not talking about these little nickel and dime and these fake wannabe hustlers. I'm talking about the ones who are really making the money. You know, they have to know how to break that thing down. You know, you, you get your product, you've got to break it down into where you are, you know, so you're selling it at a certain weight, level, piece, whatever it is these days. A lot of math then, in it. <laughs> getting your math in there, you had to know, okay, well, give me a 20. I got to get such and such back. This is that and that, and that. You can count your money. You are a business owner. You know what I'm saying? So, But you need to utilize it for the good things. And that's the problem. You know, you have people out here. Look at it. People who they, they can, you can write. You can write a story. You can write a book. You write raps. You can do these things. You write songs. You you mm -hmm. draw. You're you can be an architect. Architects architects make mad money, mad. and you are so brilliant. And it makes me mad when you have all these people and these young, especially our young black men, and that is why they try to keep their foot in our in their neck because they have so much potential. And they already know that when you are black men, when you utilize what you have in you, the power that is in you, mm. it'll be so much different. And you'll take over the world. And that's why they they try to keep you to keep black men down. They don't want the family to stay together because they already know where there is unity. We can fight the fight, you know. But that's why when we're always so torn apart, it, it's it's chaos. So we have to stop allowing other people, other circumstances to tear us apart, do our part and stay together, be unified. And then, you know, teach our young people and grow them up into utilizing what it is that they have in them for the good, not for the bad. You know, so if you, you decide you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be a hustler, hustle the right thing so that you don't end up doing years in jail, Correct. losing your life, and you know? I tell a lot of the little youngers out there, I say, yeah, y'all making this fast money. And of course, you know, I'm I'm on salary and I, I make this amount. You're like, oh, I make what you made in a month. And I said, but the one thing about the difference between you and me is my money's guaranteed. You know what I'm right. saying? Police run up on you, your money ain't guaranteed. Or right. if, if this fiend decides he don't want to come to you no more, your money ain't guaranteed. I don't have to look over my shoulder to... Uh, put this mail away in this office or I don't got to look over my shoulder to hand out these uh, books to these inspectors when they come get their books or check them back in and make sure they did everything. I don't have mm -hmm. to look over my shoulder for that. You know what right. I'm saying? Worrying about, you know, I'm doing a good job, but you got to look over your shoulder when you pass that money, you know, pass that, that product to him and he give you that money. You got to do this or you got to make sure the dude you selling to ain't no uh, fed or nothing like that. And I said, I was telling one kid, you know, he draws too. He's like, yeah, I used to draw this, that, blah, blah, but you know, I'm, I'm making money. I said, let me tell you something about drawing. I said, everything you got on, everything from the shoes, socks, tank top. I said, you know, somebody drew that. Right. On, somebody drew that. I said, he had on some Balenciagos, which I think are the most ugliest fucking shoes 
on the planet. Sorry for cursing. But they are <laughs> the most ugliest shoes on the planet. I love Nikes. I'm sorry. But I love all shoes. But Balenciaga was the most ugliest shoes on the planet. He had on a pair. He was like, yeah, I, I paid $600 for them. I said, dude, I make enough money to buy $600 worth of shoes. Not a pair of shoes. Worth. Yeah. I don't even think with all, I have literally over about 80 pairs of tennis shoes. I don't even think I spent over maybe like $50 for a pair of shoes. Like, right. I'm a frugal shopper. I'm sorry. But I was telling him, I said, you know that you spent $600 for a pair of shoes, right? He was like, yeah. I said, it took the guy who designed them shoes probably about 15 cents to design them. He was like, what? I said, a piece of paper, a pen or a pencil, some color pencils. <laughs> there you go. I said, it took the company probably about $5 to make that shoe. Wow. I said, what are you buying, right? He was like, what do you mean? I said, all you're buying is the name. That's it. That's it. You're not buying the shoe. You're buying the name. You right. know, like you got this Ferragamo belt on and all this. And I'm like, yeah, it took them about $10 to make that belt. Wow. I said, I can go to the store and get a leather strap and design a Ferragamo design and put it on there. Bam, I got a Ferragamo belt. <laughs> well, let's see. We got some comments going over there. Daryl, you silly. He talking about he's well, he's well seasoned too. <laughs> and your wife, your wife said, I will pass out studying. That's hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. No, she <laughs> has passed out studying. I've and her glasses right here, and she like this nodding off with the book yeah. on this side, the ink pen in her hand, still trying to write with her eyes closed. I've woke her up, like, babe, come on, go to sleep. But I gotta finish. You were sitting there for three minutes, sleep. Let's go. Dude. Finish them off. <laughs> uh -uh. And uh, Patrice says that that yes, they are very very ugly. I've I don't even I don't know I don't know what they are. I okay. I'm like regardless of whether it's a name or it's not. I'm gonna I'm describe them for you. You, huh? you know I'm gonna describe them for you. Just okay. picture orthopedic running shoes. You know the regular the old orthopedic shoes with the sole about this thick. Yeah, you just slap on a running shoe on top of it. That's exactly what they look like, and they come oh. in old colors. They like lime green, neon orange. Then they got this. Uh, I call them the old white man white color, where they look like they almost dirty and all. I'm like, I don't want to buy those shoes. I'm good. Right. If the shoe ain't gonna walk itself, I'm not spending six hundred dollars on those shoes. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's crazy. We gotta do better, people. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got it, whatever. But I think you should do better. But anyway, we have went so far over our time. <laughs> We're supposed to be over thirty minutes. It's been fifty-five minutes. Wow. So wow. I know, right? Funny <laughs> hey, how time flies when you're having fun. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, yes. So. We are, um, we're gonna go ahead and I'm gonna let you go. Yep. And I'm gonna go back and tend to uh, my husband, he had knee surgery today, so I'm gonna go and attend to him, take care of him, make sure he's doing all right. Definitely. But I truly, truly appreciate you uh coming on and spending some time with me and um, sharing some uh nuggets of wisdom. 
Mm -hmm. We're gonna make sure that we get that uh, that we get that picture up because I'm telling you guys, like it just speaks volumes. When Renee sent it to me, I was just like, "Wow!" It really hit me. So I want you guys to be able to, um, you know, see his work. And what did you say? You said your clothing line is enough. Yeah, enough gear. Enough gear. Okay, so we need to make sure to post that too. It better be something nice. I'm gonna see. Yes, it is. Yes, yes I'm it is. And my slogan is: You can never I'm have. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I know that it's nice because um, uh, Pasha, she says she has uh some t-shirts and some face masks. So you make fake face masks too? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So we're gonna need. I need to make sure. Send me your info so that we can post that on there too. So your web. You have a website. I don't have one yet. I do have an Instagram and I have a Facebook page, but I don't have a website just yet. Okay. Well, make sure that you send me that information so then that way that I'll be able to um, that we'll be able to share it with everybody because we do want to do that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have to make sure that we support our uh, black businesses. Uh, we need to keep that money in the neighborhood, you know, in the community. Um, each one, teach one, each one, feed one, right? So we need to make sure that we are supporting our black businesses. Um, you make sure you get me that information and we are going to post it. Oh, Patricia, she saw it. She said, I love that picture. Yeah, so we're going to make sure that um, we do post it again. Um, and... <laughs> It better not look like <laughs> what are they called? But Balenciennes, Balenciennes, Balenciagos, <laughs> Balenciagos. <laughs> you so silly, Patrice. No, that I'm sure that it won't. But yeah, so we're gonna make sure that we get post all of your information so that people can support you. Um, but I truly appreciate you and wife. We appreciate you letting him take the time out and you supporting as well. Um, and I do. I encourage you. Keep going, sweetie. I know it's going to be a little bit hard, but you will make you will feel much better about yourself. I myself, as a well-seasoned person, I will be returning back to school in September. I'm going to um, work on my end goal is to get my master's in Christian counseling. Um, I'm not sure yet uh, if I'm going to go through to get the doctorate, but uh, I may. But I'm not going to quit. And I don't think that you should either, wife. So let's do it together. Let's do it together. Right. So um, family, just make sure that um, you're very welcome, dear. Make sure that you tune in next week. We will be back. Um, and hopefully Renee will be here with me next week. Um, but again, make sure that you keep her and her family in prayer. Um, and we truly appreciate you. Um, and we will see you next week, next Thursday at 7 p.m. so that we can talk about it. I see y'all and y'all have a really good night. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right.